Hi, this is Patty, and thank you for listening to this previously recorded episode of GalaxyCon Live. We'd also like to invite you to check out our other shows, Rock Around the Ring, featuring music and wrestling guests, and GalaxyCon Talks Comics, all of which are available now on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere else fine podcasts are available. Welcome, friends and fans, to another edition of GalaxyCon Live, where we are bringing the convention experience directly to you. And today, we'll be joined by the cast of The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. So without further ado, let's bring out today's guests. First... He is a video game actor and video game competitor whose credits include Indigo Ignited, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and The Legend of Heroes. Please welcome the voices of Ravali and Taba, the great and the great Deku Tree. Please welcome Sean Chiplock. Hey, what's going on, you guys? Thank you so much, Patty. It's good to be back. Good to have you back, young man. How you holding up in your part of the world? Oh, making it work, dude. At least, you know, we've got decent summer temperature out here. It's supposed to be a little hotter today, but we're getting amazing ocean cross breezes over in SoCal. Well, you got that fan behind you, so you're good. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what fell, but I'm okay. I'm safe. All right. All right. As long as you're safe, we don't don't want anyone anyone getting hurt during these. No one needs to be hurt during the performance of this act. And certainly not you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. I'm nice. I'm nice and safe. I got my drinks. I got my food. I'm good. I'm all holed up. Right on. Our next guest, he's an actor whose roles include Kingdom Hearts, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and helping various characters at Disney's California Adventure. Today, we talk about his work as the voice of Daruk and Yunobo. Please welcome Joe Hernandez. Hello, hello. Hey, hey. How you doing, Patty? I am good, my friend. How you doing? Doing all right, man. You know, just uh, living life, uh, living the quarantine life, as it were. Here in my little recording booth that I got, there is not enough air conditioning in the world, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the home booths. That's one thing. Everybody's running out and setting them up. And I've noticed yep. people have, have, have taken pictures of coming out. Oh, yeah. 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 On, on here. Yeah. The nicest <laughs> feeling in the world is turning on that AC machine as yep. soon as the client says, all right, that's a wrap. Oh, Thank you. Oh, Beep. my goodness. Yeah. Instant. Um, Makes us appreciate the engineering of the professional studios. Oh, yeah, that's right. They managed to get the air in without Uh us hearing it in the mic. Okay. (laughs) Well, we're glad to hear you, boss. Either way, if you need to need to take a break, run a glass of water. Okay. I've got my got my agua right here. All right. And as we all know, the first rule of voice acting, hydration, hydration, hydration. (sighs) And uh, next, she is an actress and award-winning voiceover artist whose body of work includes Dragon Ball Super, My Hero Academia, and Ruby. Today, she joins us as the voice of Urbosa and Riju. Please welcome back Elizabeth Maxwell. Jazz hands! Yes. <laughs> we need, we need to even out the gender hey. ratio right now. Uh, how are you doing, madam? I'm better now. Your, your voice just brings a smile to my face and joy oh. to my heart. Oh, well, thank I you. want I want to be I want that hairstyle like that's that's fashion. I love it. <laughs> Me or hers. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, you're doing well in your part of the world. Yes, I am. I, it, it's a it's a, a gray drizzy drizzly day here. So I decided to be festive and I hung up my Gerudo banner. There you go. And, there you go. and I invited my my sand seals to oh. join us. <laughs> Those are so cute. So we got Patricia here and an as yet unnamed sand seal. So maybe you guys can help me figure out what to name him. Or her. I feel like all the sand seals are female too. I'll tell you what, let's throw that challenge out to our chat room. Chat people in the chat room, start typing in your (laughs) suggestions for names of her stuffy. 
Maybe we'll, maybe we'll maybe at the end we'll ask uh, ask Jude Jude why well, if you can't get a really good one we'll roll them on through there. So <laughs> our next guest he is an actor writer and director whose credits include Halo, Hitman, and the Final Fantasy franchise. Today he joins us as the voice of Prince Sidon and the voice director of this entire English cast. Please welcome JB Mortaro. What up, Jamie? Hello, hello. Good to see my people. It's been too long. Oh, virtual man hug. Behind the virtual madness. hug to everybody. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Virtual hugs, virtual hugs, virtual hugs. Virtual hugs. That's the yeah, only yeah. ones we're getting these days. <laughs> I know, that's for sure. Uh, dude, good to see you, Patty. Good to hear your voice. Good to see you, boss. How you holding up? Okay. You know, I'm, uh, you know, Sean and Joe and I are Southern California. It's getting hot. You know, living in a world of gratitude and, you know, trying to, trying to surf this out. Yep. So, yeah, indeed, indeed. But other than well, that, everything's good here. All right. Awesome. Always glad to hear. And finally, she is an actress, musician, and motion capture performer whose work includes Assassin's Creed, Rainbow Six, and the show Helix. Today, she is here as the voice of Princess Zelda herself. Please uh-huh. welcome back Patricia Somerset. Yay! 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no and that, that available is, of course, at, at fine retailers uh, throughout the world. <laughs> is it anymore, though? Is it? There's only got this. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I think, that's amazing. I think I Amiibo start at like thirty-five dollars right now. They are yeah. impossible to find. Really, I've got a stash of Daruk ones that I don't have have any. cons and stuff like that. So, yeah, hit me up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, indeed, indeed. All right. Well, gentlemen, ladies, thank you so much for joining us again today. It's so good to have you all back at the GalaxyCon virtual stage. I'm so glad to see that you're all doing very, very well. And as always, we miss having you on our live stages. And as always, we look forward to the day when the world goes a little bit back to normal, getting you back on our live stages in front of your fans. And uh, last time I asked you some, uh, some sort of basic questions. So I think this time, I think I'd like to know, one of the very unique challenges for uh, voice acting for video games, unlike the narrative type stuff uh, and uh, traditional animation, are all the reactions your characters are required to vocalize without the dialogue. So did you have any unusual or memorable ones recording either Zelda or maybe even beyond in some of your other voice acting roles in video games? Hmm. Hmm. Who wants to start? Not yeah, me. Who, Don't make me start. To, who wants to feel this question? <laughs> Okay, well, one thing I'm sure we've all experienced at some point in our career, not even just specifically Breath of the Wild, is everyone remember the first time they saw a page of reactions and from top to bottom it was just dot, dot, dot? And they said, okay, this one, this dot, 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 you're being pensive. This dot, 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 you're you're startled. This dot, 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 you're fuming with anger, but you can't bring yourself to say anything. Literally 20 to 30 lines, and each one is... <laughs> like it no words so try to communicate silence yeah <laughs> what was that try to communicate oh, what have you silence said? yeah yes oh yes. <laughs> oh my and, and it's a perfect example uh that they tell you when when they teach you in voiceover you have to convey all of the emotion and all of the the nuance that you would see on a stage performance but you have to do it through your voice because people can't see you. And in some cases, they're not even going to see your character on screen. So that's a perfect example of being able to convey that emotion and the context of the scene, even when no actual words are spoken, and then do it 20 separate times. 
Yeah, an additional challenge that we face, uh, especially when you're sometimes bound to the Japanese version of whatever project project that you're working on, is you know you're you're going off of the timing that the Japanese you know file or audio is already set to. So a lot of the times you're sort of threading the needle as far as okay, you've got a half a second. 0.6 seconds, eight sec, you know, point, you know, and so you're, you're, <laughs> Patricia knows what I'm talking about, but you're, you're threading the needle sometimes. And so that's, that's a, a, just a hurdle of a challenge to try and overcome sometimes. Because it's a video game. Is there any leeway to that? Is there any way to expand or protract it as opposed to sometimes? Yes. Oftentimes. It depends no. on the client. That, that's yeah. where okay. there's, that's where the there's client, a teamwork. That's okay. definitely where there's a teamwork element between you and the director and maybe even the localization editor. You know, if, yeah. if the Japanese reference or whatever reference you're working off is two seconds long, but the original line comes out to like two and a half, three, you might change a word, you might cut out a section, you might rearrange some stuff. Yeah. Uh, but everyone works together to create something that's faithful to the interpretation while also fitting the timestamp deadline that we can't go over. Yeah, I, I call it the I call it the nani uh, conundrum, where in Japan everything can be nani, and and to us, excuse me, what, huh, eh, who, huh? Yeah, there's yeah. <laughs> we've had so many. I'm going to respond like that from now on. Sometimes it depends on, the, depends on the project too. Some of yeah. the projects yes. are a little. Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, good. You're the director. You go it's ahead. Like a delay. I don't want to interrupt. You. <laughs> no. no. It depends on the project. Sometimes the animation is already finished. So like the guys are saying, you have to thread that needle and sometimes they'll have a, we'll have a leeway of maybe five frames shorter, five frames longer. And then sometimes, believe it or not, you're trying to match the wave file, you know, especially when you're doing, you know, long scenes and sometimes whether it's Japanese, Korean or, or any other language, sometimes the phrase might be a little longer or shorter. Where does the beat fall naturally? So you might have to add a word to or to here or there. And then sometimes you get in a situation where, which is really great with the animation, moth animation, lip flaps aren't com completed yet. So you have a little more oh. leeway because they're going to finish mm -hmm. them later. So that's sometimes uh, that's a wonderful time. Just just you play know? my characters. They're birds. Their beaks are open or closed. There's no human mouth shapes to worry about. <laughs> you, also, you also walk a, a fine line between, as I've heard some in the industry call it, sex, poop, or war. Ah. <laughs> uh. Because the efforts, when, yes. When you're yes. when you're making non-vocal, like non-verbal sounds, a lot of times there's not a lot of difference between <laughs> those type of sounds. So I've definitely <gasps> been doing like, yeah, I've been doing like battle, like, <laughs> like you know, noises, and then the director will be like, maybe a little less toilet on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually very nice like so i've had funny. some people people say like oh you sound constipated like come on like so so it's it's pooping shooting or rendezvousing yeah Ooh. I, I like the uh the rhyming in that there, there's a slightly more adult version but i don't think we can say it here <laughs> you can say whatever you want it's okay <laughs> think of the yeah. children it's always it's always interesting that's, when you're telling an actor that we have like <laughs> It's always interesting Jamie. when you have an actor come in and then you have all these efforts coming up and then you say, all right, so we've done all the dialogue and now we have a lot of efforts coming up yeah. and you see their face drop. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to do each time I have to like thicken my skin because I know I'm going to have to say it six times a day, you know, for weeks in a row, tell people there are a lot of efforts. <laughs> yeah. But you I need them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I remember that was, that was, that was what really caught 
So it really caught uh, Kevin when he did was doing the original uh, Batman uh, Arkham game was, uh, you know, he was so used to going in doing an episode for over two days. Of course. And Kevin, you know, he's Kevin Conroy. He can nail it on that one too. Yeah. And he just loves to say, it took me nine months, five sessions a day or five, five sessions a week, get it done. And when he got to the efforts, he was like, I was confounded. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, efforts are absolutely the way to. Yeah. So, uh, how long were each of you about? Uh, were recording Zelda, Jamie? You don't count. You were there the whole time. <laughs> In my case, <laughs> since I was voicing three characters, there were definitely—I I don't know how compared to everyone else's lines—but we obviously would have to separate sessions depending on the character, or we'd have to have definite divides between when we did character A and character B. I want to say overall. We did me was maybe about four sessions ranging between two to four hours each, which makes sense when you think about it, because Great Deku Tree only had maybe two major cutscenes, And then Teba was there for one section of the game. And Rivali was basically only viewed in flashbacks. So in the grand scheme of the game, they didn't show up all that often. Yeah, I think I think I was about three sessions, too. I think it was right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, three or four, something like that. I remember there was a there was yeah. one day specifically the last day that we did Jamie. It was all the efforts, like one day, yeah. and 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 I just distinctly remember that. Yeah, the efforts. The efforts. I think I think the number yeah. of efforts outpaced the number of actual lines at the end of the day. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Wait, a yeah. video game that I'm wouldn't sure surprise did, yeah. me at all. Uh, ask ask yeah, anybody yeah. who's ever do a full blown fighting game like a Mortal yeah. Kombat or a Street Fighter or something. I can't. Yeah, you yeah. have maybe. You have maybe 20 storylines and 200 effort lines for games like those. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think I've done like nine or 10 sessions. I, I believe. Does that sound right, Jamie? Yeah. Something like that. Um, I think so. Yeah. And we recorded over just, uh, a stint of like what? N- several months. Like um, Several months. Probably yeah. six months, I'd say. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Yeah. It was wonderful. I have these, I have some such, such great pictures of all you guys in the booth. You know, one one day I'd hope that I'm able to release those. Those are great. Remember, I paid you to never release those to the public. Don't forget our contract. I'll never forget Sean's face when he first saw Rivali, that face. And I got the photo of the first time you saw the image of him. It's Wait, great. did it's you great. actually take a photo of that? Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh, no. I've got a great yeah. picture with Elizabeth. Like, we're like, yay, in the booth, like when we, yeah. we met finally. And All right. Obviously how those how things- many viewers do we have right now? I want to set a milestone. Uh... I don't know. Okay, if 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 Jude, if our producers can pass that information off in the private chat, I'll let you know. If we if we break five hundred, Jamie, you got to release the photos, release the pics, release the Snyder cut, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I tell you what. We bring you back all for round three. Hopefully, in a, in a few weeks, uh, we'll make that the goal. How's that? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Crowdfund it. Uh, so what's been the craziest effort that uh, you've done in your careers that you can recall? Either it can be related to Zelda or it can be uh, beyond Zelda. Just something you you saw on paper like you're kidding, right? Oh, man, that's a good question. You know, I took a class hmm. with a PCB before everything went to hell with the pandemic and all that stuff. And when you go into the booth, one of the things that they, you know, again, just kind of goofing off, we had an entire day of efforts and the entire the rest of the class has to come up with an effort of how you will die. Mm. So it could be like mm. falling 
down a cliff of, you know, 50 meters or something like that, or getting steamrolled by a giant bowling ball being set on fire in a pit of scorpions. But again, like they were very, very specific and, and each death was more extreme than the last. So that's yeah. It wasn't for anything like official. It wasn't for, you know, an actual yeah. project. It was just a classroom environment and that, what, yeah. That reminds me of a, a, we have a program we do, again, we go back to doing live shows called uh, Voice of Galaxy Con. And if anybody's watching and comes to our shows, you're welcome to participate, where we do an American Idol sort of thing, where over a two-day period, the first day, we give everybody sides. Not animation sides, just standard commercial sides, trying mm-hmm. to tell people, if you want to be a voice actor, this is a part of the world you have to go through. And then in the final rounds, uh, we'd go through some more exercises, but one of which is what I call the uh, the, the, the Filthy Ten, which is just efforts on flashcards shuffled on up and it's it's, it's like you fall five feet okay you fall 50 feet and yeah there is a difference between the two oh exactly oh yeah i posted posted yesterday about my notice that i made on my door so that my neighbors wouldn't be concerned and a lot of people on twitter pointed out why did you write killed slashed murdered and i went no there's a difference between being killed and being murdered engineers will tell you that (laughs) (laughs) I worked on a game called it was XCOM 2 and I, I was just kind of a, a generic so you could you know put together a team of like eight soldiers and I was like you know generic female soldier number two or whatever mm-hmm. but because you could be in the entire game mm-hmm. you had to cover every single possible thing that could happen to this soldier and and when we got to the death it was like okay we're going to need a death yell as though you are slowly being eaten alive by an alien. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay. Now we need another death yell where you're being uh, crushed by a large rock and one of your lungs has been punctured. (laughs) Don't don't forget, Elizabeth. We need light, mediums, and heavies of all of those. (laughs) And now you're on fire. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, any of those could happen after the character's on fire so we yeah. need you being crushed while you're in fuego as well my gosh that's funny <laughs> great wow i want yeah, to add so many not, that, yeah I, I couldn't even imagine i couldn't even count how patricia's characters don't thousands. die that's why <laughs> i couldn't even count how many hundreds of thousands of efforts that i've recorded i mean literally oh, man hundreds and hundreds of thousands and and each time you know depending yeah. on the game you know it's all about the weapon and all about you know what how you know the, the, the player or the npc is going to get killed and what what kind of weapon is being swung and it's and it's those details that really make those moments come alive because if you have the two sounds that ha, ha, and it's you know it doesn't sound good but the deaths you need to have that variety and sometimes they're two yeah. seconds three seconds i think some of the strangest ones i've Directed were a game called Let It Die, and it was um, Mark Hamill was in it, and a lot of a lot of really great people were in it too. And there were characters that had like their arms were bodies with limbs hanging from that part, and they had to swing and hit people, and the people had to get hit by say it was a leg and an arm, and maybe they got hit in the throat and stuff, and and it was it was a, a throat thrash that that project. But there's been so many from Hitman and all those. There's so many ways. Apps oh, yeah. in the head. Uh, yeah. And there's so many ways, you know. God but gracious. I, I want it. whatever Jamie's on after hearing that description. <laughs> 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 uh, Patricia, uh, you, have, you have any in- interesting ones? No, I was just thinking about it. it was, it's, not, it's not like that at all. But I, 
I remember having a great moment in the booth where, I don't know, I think it was like For Honor, like a, it was a Ubisoft game. And we were sitting there and like the, like a soldier is sort of, you know, sitting there and like eating or doing something. And I just had to give several burps. And <laughs> I realized at that point that all of my best work as a child was coming into fruition in this moment. You know, <laughs> I spent so much time like forcing burps and being like, like trying my best to like put as much air in my stomach and bring it back up. And uh, I had a good time doing that. And a bit of a have, full stomach when I left. But, I know. have learned recently that in terms, if you want natural burps, water is best for airy burps. But if you want like the big belly ones, you got to go with soda or beer. Beer is really good for, for if you're of age, mind you. <laughs> if you're 21 plus, beer is really good for getting those nice guttural burps. Maybe kombucha is a second, uh, second option. Anything carbonated. Anything carbonated <laughs> yeah. really will help a lot. Red Bull works yeah. too. <laughs> do you guys actually do that in a session though like when you go in do you like use those things i ask permission but i will Man, if they say oh, yeah. Never. i couldn't yeah i guess i couldn't guarantee that i could make that happen in the moment it'd be like okay we'll wait 20 minutes and i'll yeah <laughs> immediate some people could do it like on command it's it's amazing you know what i do find it what is amazing is that so many voice actors <laughs> cannot whistle uh like that. <laughs> there it is. Very good. Very good. <laughs> professionals. We are professionals. That's my favorite thing this week. Don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> no, no, These do because straight. it will help you in your career later. Because yeah, no. this as well. Just do a lot of this. And it'll help you in your career. <laughs> that's how I did. That's how I did Rivali. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I flapped. I flapped. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, audience, we hope you've enjoyed this little mini course on some of the uh, intricacies and subtleties of voice acting. Uh, <laughs> More like discourse, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, producers say we got some questions from the audience, so let's go ahead and roll our first one. And this comes from Brandon. Have any of you grown up with the game franchise at all? And if so, what is your all-time favorite Zelda title? Sean, start us off. Okay, so I have a mini story, and I'm going to make this quick. But my favorite of all time is The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for Game Boy Color because I got stuck in this one puzzle room where you had to beat a set of enemies in a very specific order, and my dumb young brain couldn't figure it out. So I asked the regional manager of an art van furniture store that my parents were shopping at for help. And bless his heart, he calls his daughter, who's five states away attending college, because he figured my younger daughter might mo know more about these video games than I do. He called her. She wasn't able to help, but bless him. If, if he's still around... Let me know, dude. I will buy a mattress for someone who's like shopping at your store if it's still in business. Um, but I, I grew up with all of them. I played Ocarina of Time. I played Majora's Mask. I dabbled a little bit in Oracle of Ages slash Seasons. I think around Twilight Princess is where work kind of started picking up for me and I wasn't able to, to do it as often. But, um, uh, but I've been living vicariously through everyone for Breath of the Wild. Hyrule Warriors, a really big one. I love the soundtrack. I love the gameplay. I love Hyrule Warriors so much. Awesome. Awesome. So Joe, you know, uh, I had an NES growing up, but my brother, my older brother kind of hogged it. He hogged all the systems. <laughs> and so it wasn't until we got to the N64 where at that point in time, he had already moved out. So I had like a gaming system all to myself. And so mm -hmm. Ocarina of Time was like the first Zelda game that I got to enjoy. 
that I didn't have yeah. to share with anybody that, that yeah. nobody was hogging it. So Ocarina of Time mm-hmm. and also Wind Waker as well. Like it's Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. I have so many fond memories mm-hmm. of playing Wind Waker. And really, when you think about it, the series, those were sort of them testing the sort of open worldness of, of what a Zelda game could be. So, yeah, uh, yeah they were telling us all memories. along. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Patricia. Hmm. Yeah. I grew up with the franchise in my house a little bit. I was maybe more of a Mario fan at that time. Yeah. yeah the original was, um, it still sticks very strongly in my mind. I revisited it on one of the little minis um, recently. And it was so much fun. We just, we were doing the first world with like my boyfriend and this kid and whatever, and they were sort of going through and it was, yeah, it was quite nostalgic, but I would say Ocarina of Time and, you know, I'm very partial impartial to Breath of the Wild, obviously, because <laughs> it's great. But I've not beaten that game. I've not beaten any of the Zelda games. So <laughs> goodbye. No, you <laughs> stay right yeah. where you are, your princess. <laughs> That's just asinine. <sighs> Uh, what you gonna do he brings uh, a circle <laughs> uh, uh jamie how about you i think ocarina time i had a neighbor that used to play it all the time i was sort of more of a mario fan at the time and then when i was working at an advertising agency a lot of nintendo was coming through there so we were working on all kinds of nintendo advertising and uh the original uh zelda and all kinds of different things so but ocarina was one that always uh, rang true but i was around nintendo a lot early on so, uh, but, but that one, as far as Zelda goes, but I, again, I was more of a Mario guy at the time. Yeah. Now, of course, I'm more of a Zelda guy. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> your apparel shows. Elizabeth, how about you? I think I'm the odd one out. Um, I did not play any of the Zelda games growing up, and oh. I blame my brother because he d- decreed that we were a Sega household. Oh. And, um, we needed to have uh, all the Sega consoles. <laughs> I mean, I love Sonic as much as the next person, but... mm. Yeah, no, I know. In retrospect, not necessarily uh, the best... In retro uh, gaming. uh, What does it feel like being on the wrong side of history? Huh? (laughs) Oh, nothing. Nothing. Um, Did you at least have a Dreamcast? Oh, Oh. Elizabeth. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because Dreamcast was what you played Soul Calibur on, right? I don't know. I never had amongst one. amongst <laughs> other things. But yes. Okay, that was that was the biggest game that I played on on Dreamcast was <sighs> or the most on Dreamcast. But I mean, I, I was familiar with Zelda because I had a lot of friends who played games, and I like watched them play like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and stuff. But I did not have the, the honor when I was little. So now, did your brother still talk to you for portraying the faith? <laughs> yes. my, my brother has since branched out <laughs> good to know, good to know. actually i'm a lot like you elizabeth i have not played it myself but over the decades i saw plenty of roommates playing it so now just sit there like, go left oh you shouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah. that call yeah that us we do but brandon thank you that was a great question to start us off with thank you brandon Yes, what do we have next? And just a Zelda fan. Okay. Uh, how did you guys find your voice? Were you given specific instructions or did you have a lot of free reign? Uh, Joe, start us off on that one. You know, it was a very collaborative effort. And and Jamie knows this uh, because when I went into audition, you know, and, and mind you, on during the initial audition, Daruk wasn't Daruk. I believe uh, he was labeled Hannibal. And there was nothing that was, you know, no mention of Hyrule or Zelda or Link or, you know, you had no idea. So all I knew it was like it was a generic kind of a 
fantasy game from Nintendo, which could have been easily like a Fire Emblem game or something like that. And Jamie sort of painted this picture of this character, this big, bolsterous, larger than life kind of barbarian. And I think, Jamie, you used Gimli from, from um, Lord of the Rings as a reference. Just this big guy, you know, but lovable, you know, very sweet, you know, just, a, you know, but just a big giant of a person. And again, I was thinking like a barbarian kind of a guy. And I had no idea, you know, we'd be going to Goron territory. But, um, but you know, and so it's just, it's this process where you're constantly sort of just refining it, refining it, refining it. And then you get visuals and you start seeing the cutscenes, And, you know, you just, it, it, it just uh, allows for more specificity as far as what you were able to create. Very good. Very good. That's, uh, oh, anyone else? I, I, I couldn't pitch in. I just was like, mine's extensive because i got three characters anyone else jamie patricia, uh, patricia I, let's let's go in this go in the array of the order we have a set up so patricia take us away ah all right you got a little you got a little clockwise order there yeah yeah so by the time the that's an interesting process because the voice is always sort of layered in as you go as as joe was saying but you know the auditions we, we did not know what we were auditioning for it was a, a bleached mm -hmm. script so i sort of was going from like archetypes in a way yeah. with that particular one and was thinking, you know, I, I don't always get cast as these things because my voice is really low. So I worked a lot to sort of put it in a place that was a bit fragile and in between places, but I, I did want her to be regal and um, whatever the specs had said, it was, it sort of moved around a little bit from what I saw. It was like kind of ageless, but around 17 or 20 or something like that. So mature, but coming of age, a lot of pressure on her. So mature before her time, like that, like those sorts of things I was, I was thinking of when I was doing the audition and, and yeah, and I'd, I'd schooled in, in London. I did my master's of classical acting in London. And so I was using a bit of what I'd learned in London from that for the, for the audition as well. And yeah. And then from there and the, the callback um, where we sort of got directed to sort of expand and, and try different things within the sort of offerings that we brought. Yeah. I, I don't know. By the time I found out what it was, I was like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Like, do you want oh. me to try to learn Hylian? Like, do you, I, <laughs> I was, you know, looking up the Hyrule Historia and trying to fit, you know, like do all the background work afterward. You know, I was just uh, completely shocked when you I watched found the, out the 1990s cartoon, right? Excuse me. Like, yeah, excuse <laughs> me. I did. of course I did. <laughs> who, who hasn't, you know, just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I, um, when I had the time, I, I looked into the background work for myself and to sort of support, but you've got to go with what's on the script and you've got to go with what you've already given, which has been approved to work from. So, and then from there you layer it. And then obviously like Jamie's amazing direction, layering in and bringing life to each of the moments and providing uh, context to, to keep developing as you go in a safe manner and um, where you can try stuff. Uh, so, you know, it's that layering process, especially with this where it took place over several months. And yeah, you, you, a lot of the stuff was approved before you even realized what you were auditioning for, which is maybe a good thing because if I'd known before I might've completely freaked out and <laughs> tried, I don't even know what I would have tried, but uh, 
Yeah. And, and to our audience, if you want to hear the stories of how they got onto this, go to GalaxyCon's YouTube page because uh, the session, we, we did one of these about uh, several weeks ago, and that story is on there, and it's definitely fun to check out. So, Jamie, you're next. <laughs> oh, well, the, the director loved my performance, I got to tell you. <laughs> really? Wow. wow. So, you know, some people said you had kind of an inside track with them. Is that true? Would you like to dispel those rumors, please? <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's amazing. Every every person that came in on that, that you know, in this room, and then, of course, we have uh, Bill, Amelia, and, and Andy that aren't here, but each person, it was a, a special journey for me with each one of them. And here, going from auditions, knowing that I'm going to be revealing uh, what this project is and, you know, how important this is going to be to Nintendo and to the fans out there. Each time, it was, it was it, it's so much fun to reveal that. And what you find it, when you're developing a character, you're uh, something with, with Patricia was talking about, you're sort of bracketing things. You're sort of going, this is what the auditions sound like. And then when you're in the room and you're actually doing dialogue to picture or uh, you start to you start to feel something that might be different, then you hit something, you go, there it is. That's the that's mm -hmm. that's the moment. So you might pull that line and pull it to the side and then continue. And if you find the character drifting a little bit this way, that way, you go back to that base. And then many times I just let uh, let the first couple of pages go. And then knowing that we're going to drift and we're going to find a character, then eventually at the very end of the project, we go back and bang out those those first couple of pages again, because now that character is completely established. There's no drifting, super solid. So generally do that for, I think I did that with everybody, or at least go back and listen to the first, you know, 10, 20 lines, to just make sure we're we're right on point that uh, nothing is drifting, but each <laughs> one was just an amazing journey and amazing, so much fun to, to find. The first couple pages are usually both the worst and the best iterations of the character because we start off with them and then when we finally like yeah, understand yeah. what we're doing, so, we come yeah. back. <laughs> Can I just add something real quick as far as the time that we allowed to we were we were allowed to play with these characters and in this world in this sandbox here Nintendo was very good about giving us ample time I can't and I know all of you guys have worked on many different projects where you know the deadlines you know we gotta we gotta crank it out let's just do it do it do it do it do it Nintendo gave us no. so much breathing room with respect to the amount of time that we had to explore these characters and and you know just whittle down uh, and sharpen our, our, our tools and, and really get this thing down. So that's a testament, again, to Jamie and Nintendo and, and everybody sort of on the behind-the-scenes element of everything. Very good, very good. So, Elizabeth, how about yeah. you? Well, as Patricia stated, usually I approach character work first as an archetype. And then when you find the archetype that you think fits, then you start looking at like, okay, what what is it that makes this warrior woman different from warrior woman X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. And, you know, with Urbosa, it was like, not only was she kind of like that warrior badass, but, you know, she was also had a regality to her as well. She was the leader. She was, I don't remember the the exact vocabulary that was used in, in the breakdowns anymore, you know, but it was like, it was indicated that she was a, a chieftain or, or something of high level of respect within her, her community. So it's like, you take out the rasp, you add in like some warmth and, and, and base and, 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 you know, you, you start with, with that kind of color that you create for the audition. And then a lot of the refinement just comes in working with the director and, and seeing the character and finding out 
more. You know, it's like I didn't realize that Urbosa had a mischievous side until we actually started recording. And so it's like, then you learn like, where do I add in those mm -hmm. arched eyebrows? And, but what, one of my favorite memories <laughs> is that I think originally Nintendo wasn't entirely sure which way they were going to go in regards to accents, who they were going to give accents, what accents they were going to give them. And so we were told to like, you know, be prepared to do neutral potentially British, you know, so forth. And I got it in my head that Urboso was going to have a different accent. And I remember going in for like my callback and, and Jamie being like, okay, great, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for coming in. We got everything we need. And me going like, oh no, no, Jamie, Jamie, hold on. I've got this great Scottish accent. Oh no. And he was like, no. I think we're good. I think we've heard what we need to hear. And I'm like, no, no, no. You don't understand. <laughs> oh, you still pushed for it. Oh, no. no. And thankfully, he did not let me read. Can you give us some Scottish or both? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rebosa right now, please. Because maybe maybe I would not have gotten it if he had. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was convinced. No, you already it. had it. You already had it. You already had it. You know. Well, I all right. Well, some of your castmates here just challenged. They want to hear a little Scottish herbosa. Please. Oh, I remember. Uh -oh. There was a line where she was talking to Link, and she was like, "Oh, you don't understand. Every time she sees that sword strapped across your back." <laughs> <laughs> bravo! Bravo! Come on! Come on! Get her, yeah. yeah! Yeah! Come on! Uh, no. <laughs> Guys. We're just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean, bring us all on that one. Oh God, how do I, how do I of all people be concise with putting, tying this all together into a nice little package? Well, remember, uh, we, we got 11 minutes in the show. How about that? Thanks, thanks. <laughs> well, touching on the archetypes that uh, both Elizabeth <laughs> and Patricia talked about, you know, when, when they talked about how we got these auditions and everything was, was whited out, basically, very basic, very generic. It's equal parts, you know, the directors looking for what you can bring to the table, as well as them looking in some regards, they're saying, just show us what you've got. So for the auditions, my approach was, okay, we were given up to three, because sometimes they'll give you a max. They'll say, you can choose up to three out of this entire list. Don't do any more because then you're not following instructions. We're not going to even listen to any of them. But you also don't want to do any less if you're capable of doing three because that's your chance to showcase. So I approached the auditions of, okay, out of all these sides, what are three vocally distinct approaches that I can take that will showcase to this director what I'm capable of in regards to my range. Maybe they're not going to think, oh, this performance doesn't quite fit for this character, but we know that he's capable of doing this and it might work for someone else. And that actually worked in my favor because when I read for a, or what would become Ravali, you know, I kind of tried a couple different things. I tried a softer, you know, forest woodland elf. You know, I tried something a little bit more show-offy, which uh, became closer to Ravali. I think I tried for a character that was like a generic, like, You did something show-offy? Really? <laughs> confident adventurer type but the third one was for a character called really big plant and i went i'm gonna do something that no one would expect this baby face to make and i got help with my mentor because when i saw really big plant like my headspace was like the hive mind from like the halo games like that giant alien entity so i wanted to do something that was very slow you you were forced to listen to this wise voice 
And that's how I ended up going all the way down here for something very slow and wise. And that took whoever was listening to those auditions, which I think was at least Jamie or someone else, took them by complete surprise that that audition is what ended up bringing me in. Revali and Teba didn't come until later. And then for the actual performance, yeah. once I understood the characters, each of them were their own experience. Revali, I already had the voice down, but it was the attitude that changed because I was going for more of a show-off, whereas Nintendo wanted something with more confidence. Revali had earned the right to have self-confidence because of all the work he had done behind the scenes. The Great Deku Tree was a challenge and that it was going outside of my comfort zone and and recognizing the parts of my body that i could draw my voice from going from my chest and my belly instead of my my nose or my head and then teba was an experience in adjusting an existing character voice because there was this one character that i did in the past that was very aggressive very mean and i said what if i what if i take that aggression and i make it bitterness instead and I just make him calm and stern. And so adapting that character voice and changing something about it fundamentally created a brand new character, and that's how I made Teba. Right on. Right on. Indeed. <laughs> Zilla fan, thank you so much for that. And I think we have time for one more question, so I'll ask you to roll that one. And this comes from Ramona. Is there something you personally like in the Zelda games that most people may not? Okay, so the water temple, climbing in the rain, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. All right, Patricia. Oh, something that I don't like. Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Climbing in the rain is really exciting. Yeah. I remember I got stuck on a waterfall, and I just couldn't get out in Breath of the Wild. I just couldn't get out of that place for, like, I don't even know. I think I spent sort of like a half an hour trying to get out, and then I just had to quit. But that I didn't really like that. I was just like, dude, I can't figure it out. Like, I just can't. But it sticks in my mind, and now I think of it as a fond memory. Getting stuck on a waterfall. There we are. Fair. That's really <laughs> fair. <laughs> Very good. Jamie, how about you? Well, I don't play it as often. When it first came out, I was playing a bit. I kind of like just sometimes going in the fields and not accomplishing anything and just being peaceful <laughs> and listening to the music and just kind of going out there and just... Picking, picking up different things and just exploring behind a rock, something that you, you, you have no idea that that was actually something usable, that they actually, uh, Nintendo went so far beyond, you know, what I ever imagined they were going to do when you, when you have this giant open world like that. So it's kind of like, just like, just cruising around and once in a while I'll do a task or something, but, but it's just really relaxing for me. Oh, nice. How about you, Elizabeth? Well, this, is, this isn't exactly an answer to that exact yeah. question, but... I, I always have like the most conflicting emotions whenever the blood moon rises <laughs> because I find it very anxiety inducing, but at the same token. So it's like I have a simultaneous anxiety. And then at the same time, my brain is like, oh, Patricia. <laughs> 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 because I love your voice and I love your voice as Zelda. And so it's like anxiety, aw, anxiety, aw. <laughs> Excellent. All right, John, what you got? Well, I have one that I don't think counts as a Zelda game and one that does. One, I unironically love the voices in the CDI games because I, I just enjoy 
voice acting is about commitment. It's about committing to a character, regardless of how silly it is. So whenever I listen and I, you know, I listen to that line where he's like, great, I'll grab my stuff. Like that's someone who was willing to stand there and, and say that with conviction, with actual happiness and, and, and determination. I would rather listen to that than great. I'll grab my stuff. That it's there's a world of difference in that. And so oh like God. being able to identify yeah. those those mannerisms and those characteristics can really help like even just playing around with those voices imitating those characters you may discover something about yourself and your vocal skill set that you didn't know about before. But to name one that I guess is canonically recognized as a Zelda game, the cafe side quest in Majora's Mask. That three-day-long side quest where you had to help the the young kid basically get together with the love of his life and then help them, you know, unionize in marriage right before the moon crushes and destroys everything, but not really because you bring time back. I know a lot of people were really annoyed about how that took place over multiple days and you had to do all these different steps. And if you messed up one step, you had to go back to day one and do it all from the start. But it's something that I came to appreciate as I got older and found my own love of my life, which is this experience of seeing someone who is so enraptured, so dedicated to someone that means something to them that the threat of of a world ending, you know, cataclysm isn't enough to distract them from what matters most to them. And in a weird way, like COVID-19 going on kind of reaffirms that for me. I'm deathly afraid of what might happen if I catch this disease. But instead of being worried the whole time about the risk of this, I mean, I'm, I'm practicing social distancing, mind you. But instead of that always plaguing my brain, most of my thoughts are about, I can't wait until my wife gets home. You know, I'm so excited to tell her about my day or decide what dinner we're going to get. Just that, that, that love and that affection overpowering the dangers and the suffering of the world at times, especially when it matters most. And I came to really appreciate that. Oh my God. Majora's mask is COVID-19 <laughs> is the pandemic. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm never going to forget that. Yeah. <laughs> in your honor, Sean. The, de- the, Deku yeah. kid, the Deku kid was practicing social distancing before any of us. Mm-hmm. He did mask. nothing wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. So what is it? Joe. Yeah. yeah Joe. Yo. Uh, what is it that I like that uh, most other Zelda fans don't? Um, spirit tracks. Spirit tracks. Spirit tracks. <laughs> Just the whole I, game. I, the whole game. I I like spirit tracks. I don't know why it gets a lot of hate online. And believe me, I go online and I see like it's usually like at the bottom end of like everybody's favorite Zelda game and stuff. I was like, I liked it. It was fun. It was, it was a good game. And you know, like, why are you guys crapping on it? Like, it was good. Like, I I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Like, I only know of spirit tracks because of the music that's in Smash Brothers, and I like the spirit tracks music yeah, that's was, in Smash I, Brothers. I like so. Spirit tracks. It's valid in my book. If like in Spirit Tracks is wrong, I don't want to be right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a good place. Ramona, thank you for that question. And Galaxy Cowboys, this has been the cast of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and that was my time. Panelists, any final words before we go? Jamie, your merch is water. I was like, okay, we've got, she's got her stuffed animals. I've got my plushes. You've got your amiibo. Jamie's like, water. <laughs> Where's yeah. yours, Joe? What's yeah. yours? I've got one fan made. Yeah. That's all I've got. Yeah. They don't make any, you know, no twice for him. Oh my God, that's so cute. Oh, that's adorable. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah.
Celebrate your passion. It Joe just opens up his closet door and like two hundred Daruka amiibos fall out. He's like, wait, 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 wait. Do do we have like two minutes? Can I go? Like, yes, yes. Do it. We create the meme. We have two minutes. Is that what yeah, happening? Yeah, he's, he's, he's asking yeah. if we had time for him to go grab his collection. I think he's going to come in with like, oh. why can't I hold all of these Daruk amiibos? Oh, no. Oh. Oh. When I said that they are behind, like, I'm like in my garage. I've got Daruk amiibo. Hands you a Daruk amiibo. Oh, my God. Hands you a Daruk amiibo. Daruk amiibo. Hands like, you a Daruk amiibo. There's, there's, there's a lot in here, guys. Nice. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Those are gonna make some fine, fine gifts. I have a feeling they're gonna uh, go to some good. Uh, uh, so anybody else have anything coming up on the horizon they'd like to share with us, or any existing projects you'd like to share with our audience? If I'm allowed to talk about I wish it, I could tell you about things. It's on my yeah. 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 NDA. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to I share some exciting news. The, they're they're doing an English dub for Yakuza Seven, like a dragon. And uh, I had the honor of of getting to be the the main female character in that Saeko. So I don't I don't know if they actually re- gave a release date yet, but I you know obviously later in the year. And yeah, I'm returning to my Sega roots. Yeah, they wow. <laughs> always come back. <laughs> Rage. <laughs> uh, uh, gentlemen and lady, thank you all so much for joining us today. For having thank me. you, thank Patty. Patty. Bye bye, everyone. Yeah. Take care and Take care. keep washing those hands. Stay safe. <laughs>